reached Conversations with Mr. A. This is your host, Anthony Abastilla. Thank you for listening. Let's get right to the episode. Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Mr. A. This is your host, Anthony Abastilla. And so for this edition, I have another guest. Her name is Ashley Ruiz, and she is the director of a company called Alta Vista Life Integrated Services. Ashley, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much. So, um, Ashley, can you explain a little bit what Alta Vista is and what it entails? Sure. Alta Vista is a nonprofit. Uh, we are a behavioral health agency, and we also recently uh, received our private school status. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, can you tell a little bit what the uh, private school status is and what it entails? Absolutely. So, um, we offer both mental health counseling as well as wraparound services for individuals, youth, and family. And then we uh, aim to offer inclusive education opportunities, so both part-time, full-time, as well as independent t- tutorial options for students who, for whatever reasons, don't want to be in the public school system. Okay. And so this is for, um, so Alta Vista, it serves both uh, youth and adults, correct? Yes. Individuals, youth, and families. Okay. Uh, can you explain a little bit about the vision? Um, how did the vision uh, come to be? Absolutely. So um, Alta Vista is very much a mission. Um, I was woken up from sleep one time, actually, um, and God gave me two very clear dreams. He told me to open up a school, and then also he told me to open up um, a sister organization in Mexico, and that still has to come into fruition. Um, but very faithfully, I just stepped out in faith in 2019. I um, formed the, the nonprofit status with our original board, and just prayerfully, we stepped forward in faith. Um, we started with behavioral health, so counseling services. Um, and as time went on, that grew to an extent, but... Um, and we, at the same time, uh, within six months, we started our preschool services and our homeschool support and educational tutoring um, uh, services, as well as our neurodiverse social and life skills support groups at our Porter Jude Center. Um, I don't know how much how much no, history that you really want for it. I say so. keep going. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so within that first uh, six months, um, I had a personal tragedy. Um, my son died of SIDS, um, and within, uh, I would say, 60 days of that happening, like the Lord tripled our agency, um, like the locations we opened in Port Orchard as well as Polesville at that time. Um, and God just wrapped around me as well as the agency and grew it you know, outside of world circumstances. And that happened time and time again, where, you know, things would happen in the world, whether uh, client circumstance or certain licensing, things that could be mountains or barriers. And, you know, the God would just kind of move it out of the way and keep growing it. And it came to this point of stagnation. You know, we've been trying to grow our counseling program and, you know, prayerfully like, why? Why isn't like this growing? We should be able to find counselors and and the Lord. Um, he very clearly 
like I told you to open a school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when I realigned and again, focus on what he told me to do and told us to do and and our board followed you know in suit um again door after door has been opening from um financially to just giving us the licenses and the grace we need to and the people the teachers we need and um so we're growing. We're amazing. growing. Amazing. Yeah. Um um I was going to also ask you about your uh Okay, a little bit about your background. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background? I, I know you've worked with several different agencies. Um, you've had different roles. Um, and uh, again, thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that about um, your uh, child passing away. Uh, can you share a little bit more about your background? Absolutely. Um, so a little bit about my childhood background. Um, number one, I was taken from my biological parents at five years old, the five oldest of us kids. Um, were taken at that time, and I grew up in foster care. Um, when I was a teenager, I ran away from, uh, I was adopted as an older child at seven years old, and I ran away from that home um, as a teenager. Um, and I should have been a statistic. You know, I could have, and I lived in Detroit at that time, I could have ended on the streets or uh, addicted to drugs or in a different complete life. And I definitely, maybe at times in my teenage years, was on that trajectory. Um, but again, just like with this agency and the mission, God always like put certain people or places um, in my path to just like keep me moving towards um, I guess a life that ultimately would honor him. I know education is one of the things, like through me being homeless, I always sought education. Um, and so, you know, I just persevered, like through homelessness, like waitressing, you know, always having multiple different jobs all the way. Um, and it was messy through my associate's degree. Like I would take a full class load. I would like drop one. I, um, it took me like multiple years just to get through like that two to two year degree. But then there came a point in time, I think in my life where I was just able to keep going through school and, uh, take it a little bit more seriously. And so I kept going till I got my master's degree. And so back in the day, uh, while I was working on my education about 20 years ago, I started, um, and uh, early Head Start was like preschool. And I was supposed to be in an inclusion classroom. It was like supposed to be mixed, like kids with disabilities and, and general education. But 19 of the 20 kids were severely impacted with disabilities. Um, and I think that was my introduction. And at the same time, I was like teaching parenting classes to CPS clients. Um, and so I, I saw like this whole world of from early childhood on through adults of like the mental health spectrum of families and the different factors that can affect families' um, wellness. And then that transitioned into I um, started the Coffee Oasis Teen Shelter, kind of giving back to like me being um, homeless in my youth. And I that had always been in my heart to do something. And God kind of brought that to my plate. They had closed the position. I applied like two weeks after it had been closed and they immediately contacted me and it was it was definitely a God thing. And at the same time I was working, uh, I got a job working as a foster care case manager. And so I was able to see again, both ends of the spectrum, kids uh, at risk, kids um, 
homeless youth as well as youth in the foster care system, working um, with them directly as with bio families as well as uh, foster families. And that transitioned again uh, back into um, neurodiversity. I managed a group home for developmentally delayed teen boys. Um, and then throughout my master's degree, I worked in an inclusion classroom as a, a paraeducator, and at the same time, I was working on my master's in social work and also doing counseling internships. Wow. Um, and at the same time, uh, doing ABA therapy as a registered behavior technician. And so out of that, um, you know, again, uh, just prayerfully, I always told the Lord, like, if he brought me through my education, I'd, I'd give it all back to him. And he very clearly, you know, November 2019 woke me up, started school. And it's just been his grace, his light, his blessing every step of the way throughout my life. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so I know you've been involved with mental health. You've worked with mental health for um, close to 20 years. Yeah. Um, what are some of the differences um, back then you saw back then that you see now, mm -hmm. if you compare? Um. Gosh, I, I, would, I would say, like, a dependency and, like, a close tie between, like, mental health uh, issues and um, electronics, specifically screen time. You know, we see, like, with social media as kids and their self-worth being tied up into the instant gratification or, you know, the bullying, the quick, unmonitoring bullying and also the subjection to um, sexual images. They have, like, bots that just automatically message, like kids and so they're just subjected to this whole world that's constantly uh, affecting their uh, what they're learning about the world their self-worth their self-image um, and then also I think it's impacting their ability to delay gratification you know if both with gaming and social media if you're getting these quick dopamine rushes you know you're not learning like what you learned back in the day, like to persevere, like to build a fort, to be able to have fun playing in your fort. There's not that work hard to play later. Yeah. Um, so I think like that years of learning how, you know, to effectively work hard in order to play hard, that's kind of lost. And then I think also just like with the screen time, science has shown that, um, you know, the the blue light simulates like depression in our in our brain. So um, when you come off of the, the screens and your eyes looking at this constant screen, there's like a dip in your, in your body is like dopamine. And so it kind of simulates like a pseudo depression. And so you get these mopey kids who are not regulated, who don't know how to, um, delay gratification, or they may be engaging in like these online, um, role-playing reality relationships. And it's just not, not grounded in reality and it's not regulating their bodies they look like zombies <laughs> <laughs> then sometimes act like it right oh gosh <laughs> very um so from your experiences um what were some of the most um challenging as far as dealing with clients or some of your most memorable experiences or even some of the most success the things you found the most joy and success in yeah um challenging I, I mean, there was a period of time where I was, uh, it was called a BRS case manager, which is like they, when you're in foster care, there's like different levels of care, one, two, and three, and then BRS. BRS is behavior residential services. 
So of course, like all my teenage clients, I would say they all were challenging, um, but they weren't probably my most challenging. I specifically remember um, it was a BRS case, but not because of behaviors. It was a medically fragile child, um, and he um, was born, and his uh, biological father, um, when he was crying, like threw him up against a wall, and when he was a newborn, and um, bashed his head. Oh. And he needed emergency surgery, and they had to remove a piece of his skull, and it was so fractured that they, they couldn't replace that piece of his skull. And this amazing foster family, um, they took him in from the hospital and, um, and cared for him, and he was able to live 18 months. He was progressing, you know, to, he was development to, developmentally delayed, and, um, and that step-parent, of course, was in jail, um, but, or not step-parent, that parent was in jail. Uh, but then 18 months, I got a call uh, from the parent that he was just rapidly declining, and we went over there in time uh, to be with the family as that child passed away. And wow. And I think, like, that was really impactful, just the love and care uh, that that family, knowing that the outcome of this child, like, medically, they were told from the beginning that this child, without having something to cap in their brain and the multitude of medical issues like that they the kid was not supposed to have made it that long and because the incredible care and love of this family like he had a loving year and a half and that wow. family and the love that they had to be able to you know to the end of the life to be able to do that that impacted my heart it brings tears to my eyes just like remembering like wow. their love to be able to do that and choose that you know Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And thanks for sharing that. That's, mm -hmm. that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. I'm thinking a lot about... But I can yeah, also share yeah. a memorable... Like, sure, a go ahead. One, please, right? please, please do. <clears throat> we have um, a family in particular uh, that has allowed me to share their story. When they came to us, um, they came to us during COVID times. And a uh, single dad... Um, he had one son with severe autism with highly aggressive behaviors and another son um, that has Down syndrome. And they had been in isolation for a year, not attending school. Also a year prior, um, mom, who uh, had been primary caregiver, had suddenly died from cancer. Um, it, like she found out and within months she had passed and then a few months before that a grandfather who also lived in the home had passed away just from natural aid progression. So they not only had like these two major losses in their family but then followed by a year of isolation. And so they came to us like in crisis. They hadn't had socialization, you know, the one child with severe autism and um, was not able to be in public places. Dad just felt um you know, a lack of hope. And um, we were able to get dad into his own services. We were able to provide respite for both sons and help one of them get into the more intense medical services he needed. We were able to just help wrap around this whole family and help them to see hope again, 
you know, and today, like, Dad is in a new relationship, he's thriving, you know, the one son with severe autism has, like, just wraparound medical supports, and the other one is getting ready to graduate from high school and, you know, is able to enjoy our socialization as in Special Olympics. So just, like, to see families like this who you know, felt like this lack of hope. They had a lack of resources. They didn't even know how to like reach out or where to reach out and to really empower their family to to see hope again and to, to reach that next level for them. Like that's that's why we do what we do. And those are that's that's what the mission is all about. Wow. Wow. And it kinda of leads to the next question is um about mental health about why you feel like uh, the mental health care is so important with our youth, especially today's youth. Yeah, I think from the beginning, from early childhood on, mental health is important and to be aware of like what's uh, what's healthy, healthy attachments, and um, because it impacts your whole life. Um, and if we can intervene early, you know, and when there's still youth, uh, then you can impact the trajectory of an entire lifetime. I think it was Frederick Douglass who said it's easier to build a strong child than to repair a broken man. And I think that is, you know, pivotal of why I would agree. specifically mental health is important for youth and their families, right? Yeah, I would agree with that by far. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of fun. Okay. Uh, this one, I'm going to do some word association games. Okay. And so I'm going to throw in one or two words. Uh, and just tell me, like, the first thing that comes to mind. So um, the first one is, this one's a running joke with uh, the past students at Chimicum and the staff. Um, I have a strong dislike for pickles. And so I'll throw that as the first word that comes to mind. What would be the first thing that comes to mind when you think about pickles? Dill. <laughs> okay. Dill pickles, okay. Uh, therapy. Help. Okay. Domestic violence. Um, scared. Okay. Co-occurring disorders. Um, stigmatized. Okay. Student learning. Um, <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be the first word, so I already probably messed up. Student learning is two words, though. Um, student learning. Um, engaging. Okay. Okay. Uh, community. Um, support. Okay. okay Rap music. Oh, the bass. I don't know. <laughs> That's the first word. I okay. wanted to say a whole sentence. Okay. <laughs> Country music. Ugh. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. How, how about uh, 80s rock? Oh. Um, uh, 80s rock. Yeah. Nah. All right. I don't know. KZOK? Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, action movies. Welcome to my life. That's a phrase now. Um, Marvel. Marvel. Hey. Right. Can't complain Marvel. <laughs> um, comedies. Oh, Adam Sandler. That's two words. Yeah. <laughs> I like Adam Sandler. Good pick. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, horror movies. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> 
I just remember being traumatized as a youth. That was the first like thought that came to my mind, but that's not a word. Again. That's okay. Um, it's okay. Friday the 13th, Freddy Krueger. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Hardcore. There you go. Okay. Um, romantic movies. Oh, um, love. Huh. Good. Okay. Chocolate. Dark. <laughs> okay. Pizza. Oh, um, the Honolulu Hawaiian. Mm, yeah. Mm, good taste. Good uh -huh. taste. Good taste. Uh, last one. How about um, Filipino food? Uh, lumpia. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Good there pick. Go. I like your way of thinking. I like your way of thinking a lot. Not balut. Not, Not balut. balut. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll have to tell you about what balut is. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Listeners, you'll have to find it out for yourself. Research it on Google. Uh. <laughs> um, any uh, final words you'd like to tell our listeners? Um, yeah, I think that uh, we should all work together to destigmatize mental health. I think it can be really hard to ask for help or to recognize that, like, if you're feeling stressed or down, that, like, therapists can help. It's scary and, you know, it takes a lot of bravery um, in, in reaching out or going to that first session. But, um, Please, you never have to be alone, and there are people in different types of therapy and different types of counseling and support groups to help. So just because you tried one and it felt weird or awkward, try a different one. You know, there, there's help out there. Okay. Thank you so much, Ashley, for your time. And that concludes this edition of Conversations with Mr. A. All i got to say is, wow, powerful episode. Thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing um, not only your uh, story, your personal story, and just what happened with um, your son that passed away, and then also just your uh, situation with the foster care, but also thank you for just sharing your story, just the vision, the vision you had for um, starting Alta Vista. And so actually something, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've actually been working with Alta Vista on a very part-time basis for the last three or four years. Just Monday evenings, I've only had a few clients, and I can say that working with Alta Vista is awesome. They're great people, love working um, under them, and they're just great to work with. So I've been working with them along with the school districts. And so um, thank you for listening, everybody, for this edition of Conversations with Mr. A. Um, stay tuned. We'll have some new episodes coming up soon. Take care.